this is my $8 Ikea desk that I bought mm. for the tiny camper that we lived in. And, and I would definitely call this a desk, not a table. It is a desk. Yeah, it, it feels eight, like what? It was $8 for the top and <clears throat> $4 for the legs. Wow. Your girl is frugal. Uh, yeah, for sure. Until, for sure. Until it comes to <laughs> buying stuff for me. <laughs> well, so here's the difference. Like, um, you can say you're frugal and like shop on like Shein or Ross or whatever, but it's not really frugal when you're buying like... When you shop a lot. Yeah, 15 things. Okay, like... Yeah, like, oh, it was only like $8 or $5, but, the but then amount, it adds up. Because of the amount of money you save, you can spend what you were going to spend. You know what I mean? Like, But then all the stuff, I mean, like, I don't know, this is a kind of a, a husband and wife thing. All the stuff piles up in your closet and you barely wear any of it. I, But I purge a lot. I give stuff to, like, <laughs> Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Maybe better if we just didn't buy it in the first place. But anyways. Correct. But yeah, we don't have space. Bigger, bigger desk table thing definitely mm-hmm. needed pretty soon because, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty wide. Trying to get trying. You've been, to, you've been working out. At the I'm gym, trying. At the trying. Line. My legs getting thick. I've been doing the stairs only. Your legs are not going to get thick from the stairs. It's cardio. Well, whatever. I don't care. I've been trying. I I hate working out so much, but um, I think like a lot of people. I came off Daniel fast. I was like, ooh, I kind of like the way I look. I lost, you know, some weight, which was not my intention, but, you know, it just happens. And that's what it is. Um, Shout I lost, out Chucho. It is what it is. It is what it is. I lost a lot of weight, and then um, I was like, man, I just I should keep this up. So I've been trying to eat keto-ish. I'm not, like, low super. Low carb. He's eating low carb. I'm not super strict on, you know, like, if I go out somewhere with a with a, with a friend, like, on a, on a meeting or whatever, like, I'm not going to eat super. I, here's Here's my thing. We were talking about this yesterday. I want to eat close to the the world of keto, but if I'm gonna go out and like have a, I had a breakfast on Friday with a with a dear friend. I am not gonna get. I'm not gonna spend twelve dollars on two scrambled two scrambled eggs and like two slices of bacon. Because okay. what you do? No, 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 no. no. But, I'm not doing it. But keto is not just low carb; it's high fat. So you are just doing more of a, a low. Okay, carb. Okay, fine, low carb. But I don't care. I'm. But so when I go to a restaurant like that, because we went to an amazing local breakfast place around here, like I'm eating, and the Lord, Lord you're kind of like take it because it was like a it was a church thing. It was like a, a a discipleship meeting type of thing, whatever. And so I was like, Jesus, take the wheel, because like I don't know, I I I just I struggle on like being you're you're way better you'll go to like somewhere and just get a grilled chicken breast i'm like no no, not a grilled chicken breast but i went to the brunchery just like what you're talking about mm-hmm. and i got three eggs four slices of bacon 22 dollars probably a side of blueberries and a side of um sliced avocado and then i put um cholula on it how much was that it was fifteen dollars. <laughs> oh my god! Exactly. But I was so no, 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 no. That's a lot of. Here's food. what I did. Here's Four what I did. Four slices of bacon, three eggs, and a half an avocado. Whatever. Here's and, what. Here's what berries. I did, and I haven't even told you this. I ordered the country skillet. Okay. Got potatoes on the bottom, eggs, bacon, gravy. I ate it all, and it came with a biscuit. I ate the biscuit. <laughs> she didn't know that till right now, but you can't be angry because we're on the podcast. But I'm gonna go to the gym today and like, and I'm gonna work it out. I went out. to the gym this morning. I'm gonna work it out, so it's good. 
with my workout partner, Shanna. We joined the Y because of all their kids' programs. Oh, my goodness. And, and they yeah. offer scholarships for families I love who the make YMCA. less than a certain amount of money per year. And we didn't yes. know that. And so I did not know. I didn't. We, so, we like, I grew up in a smaller town. We never had a YMCA. And so, like... I didn't know it other than the song. And so when we moved here, there was like right down the road. Um, and for a while, like we had some memberships to Crunch Fitness, which is like, it was really cheap. You know, it's just like $8 a person or something like that. I don't know. And I was going to another gym that I love, but it's too far of a drive. So. But I didn't, I went to Crunch like one or two times and I just couldn't do it. Cause like. Okay, those girls in there, they're Oh my thirsty. goodness. Like they're or can I say it? I, I said it. They're I don't thirsty. know if they're thirsty or not. They're just like dressed super inappropriate, and their I, Instagram. I was, they're building their Instagram, but yeah, okay. Well, I don't need that in my life. Okay, <laughs> like if I if I have like blocks on my phone to like not let that stuff come up, I don't need to be walking into a room where it's like literally presenting itself to me. So I, I was like, oh, this is not good for but, me. I couldn't do it. But so, we joined the Y because they yeah, have the y, they have family programs. Our kids can do like dance yeah. and soccer and that kind of stuff. The and Y is just me and a family. bunch of old heads like yes. in there like working out. Safe family oriented place that we can work out. Yeah, I it was to, so nice. I had to take a break from distance running because I was getting injured all the time. So now I have a place that I can yeah, like. Yeah, me too. Now that I can, I have a place where I can like build some muscle and strength train and feel yeah. like my kids are safe and they love going there. So I don't oh know how gosh, we got yeah, on here. Oh my gosh, yeah, kids love it too. That's I, amazing. Every day they're like, mom, can we go to the Y? I'm like, can it's you amazing. just go outside and play it, please? Um, yeah, so. But it's fun. But you got to sleep in this morning till like 1030. It's Saturday. That's the, how it should because be. Because the kids are not here. It's spring break. Bless the Lord. Although. Bless the Lord on my soul. And all that has in me. There's a little bit of fear associated with spring break, you know, because last year spring break the kids never went back to school that's true but it's spring break so my mom has my son and um one of our beautiful ladies at the church she kept maddie today so mm -hmm. she's out there she was feeding horses and oh yeah that's cool. going for a walk because we live kind of in the country i love having a church family that like yeah. can like rally around you thank and you stuff madeline because like yeah, i know you're gonna you so watch much. so thank you um yeah. But they kept the kids, so I went to the gym, I had some breakfast, and then I spent some time with Jesus, and then mm. he... Um, I slept. He slept. I slept. I was... About 10.30. I, I need more rest than you do. What is that? Oh, probably just a dog here. I, I need more rest than you do. I really do. Like, ooh. It just... Every once in a while, like, because... Um, it just it just catches up with me and then I gotta sleep. So and I'm an, so I'm nice. such a like I naturally wake up early. I have Ugh, such a strong gross. internal clock. Like even this morning, we stayed up kind of late last night. Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna set my alarm for like eight thirty because the the class that I'm going to doesn't start till nine fifteen, and so I can sleep in. And what happened at six oh seven? Six oh seven. My eyes popped open. And Ew. Like, oh. So you know what the Lord was like. Well, why don't you come spend time with me? And but so, you're you have some. Yours is like the worst case of it because you wake up early, but you're not like a chipper morning person. No, I'm grumpy. You're grout, and you but you want to go back to sleep, but you just and I have to have like and then you're angry that you can't at least two sometimes three cups of coffee to get my morning started. So it's like dang. no wonder I'm so anxious all the time. I'm drinking so I'm, much caffeine. Yeah, thank you. Been saying it for years. <laughs> um, I I uh, yeah I I don't like to wake up early. I'm not a morning person. But if I can sleep decent enough and when I wake up, I'm usually pretty up. I'm pretty yeah. happy. But we are excited about spring break. We're going to take our kids on oh, a yeah. little mini vacation. It'll be so nice. And spend some family time. We're going to unplug from social media. Mm -hmm. and But we are going to have guest speakers on our Hopefully, on yeah. Our hopefully we can make it work week. so we can we can have a, a couple guest speakers on there. It would be awesome. Um, 
But yeah, so we're still gonna record, but we're not. Yeah. We're gonna try to try to unplug from social media. We yeah. always say that we have good intentions and it never happens, but yeah. we are gonna. <laughs> Everybody, I think, has take that, a break yeah. from some work and ministry stuff and just spend yeah. time with the kids and. Also, I'm I just want to, yeah, also I just want to say, like, thank you for everybody for, like, sharing and commenting and, like, liking our stuff, our YouTube video. Like, um, if you're just listening to this on the podcast, we have a YouTube video. If you're just on the YouTube video, we have a podcast on Apple, on YouTube, all this sort of stuff. And so just thank you so much yeah, for, like, doing that. like and subscribe in both places. Yeah, just continue to do that, please. Like, we're not, we're not trying to build, like, our own whatever, like... We really, the, at the beginning of this year, I think we said this in the in the first episode, the Lord had spoke to me about um, just kind of like, because we're on staff at a church, but to really step out and mm-hmm. start to pursue some of our, our own, like as a couple, our own personal like ministry stuff and some things the Lord had laid on our heart years ago. And so, um, and so like we, we're just doing that faithfully and we just really want to see like a a, that's why we have we specifically chose the word company, a company of people who are empowered and like walking in their destiny as a revivalist, a person who is pushing forth the kingdom of God and is anxiously waiting on the return of the Lord. And I think when we're finished with um, this portion of it, we're talking about the blood of Jesus and and. Um, salvation and what that looks like, we will kind of dive into what a revival lifestyle looks sure. like versus sustained revival, like an actual move of God revival and kind of yeah. what revival encompasses as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I want to share something because I think it's powerful. We had somebody reach out on social media yesterday and say, Oh my hey, goodness. Yes. One of our old students, we love him. I'm not going to, so we're awesome. not going to say any names, but he's like, Hey, I just want you to know that um, I had this crazy encounter with the Lord um, last night, I've been really just struggling with some stuff and the Lord just really moved powerfully. I, I was just dead in sin basically. Yes. And, and he gave me this verse. And he's like, I listened to your episode and it was like spot on mm. for what the Lord is doing in me. And mm. so that is why we're doing this. It's, yes. it's so that people can like be encouraged in the Lord and also so it can confirm what the Lord is doing in people. Yeah. So I was just like, so I was like, babe, read this message yes. right now. I was so happy. I'm going to talk to him hopefully today. Um, but I just want to say like that being said, um, share this. If you know of like a, a person who is living that, maybe they don't even use the words revivalist lifestyle, but like, you know, they're, they're the ones who are, they're the hungry for the Lord. Um, and and it may look more in their life, right? It may look a lot of different ways. Share this podcast with them. Maybe they don't even go to your church. Maybe they go to a different church. Share this with them. We want to like gather these people in like our, our end goal maybe like later on in the year is to have gatherings where all these different people from all these different churches who are like passionately pursuing the Lord, we can gather together and we can proclaim and prophesy over the region, over Florida and just encourage each other and quit. Cause we know some of the loneliest people in the church are those actually hungry for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Cause like I, I just, I was at a church. We were, um, we weren't ministering. We were just like um, fellowshipping with some people and I got I spoke a word to to somebody who they were they're they're pushing for revival in their church, and I said just don't grow weary in well doing. I said, um, oftentimes in revivals like Brownsville or just even in like the Acts two outpouring, the entire like disciple community, this in Christian community, if you will, they all weren't pursuing like revival. They all weren't pursuing a move of God. They all weren't pursuing the Lord with their full heart, but there was a remnant. Mm-hmm. who was 
And because that remnant was faithful, the entire community was blessed. Like in Brownsville, the entire church of like, I don't know, 2,000 people, whatever, wasn't passionately pursuing God. But this little prayer group that was meeting on Wednesday nights, I believe, they were the ones who like kept going year after year pursuing and, and calling and the Lord was faithful and he blessed the entire church. So mm-hmm. we want to call those people who are the remnant in each church and like encourage them because we know those are some of the loneliest people. They're getting burnt out because it's hard work. Yeah. It's There are these little firebrands who are surrounded by a lot of people who just have blinded eyes, stuffed up ears, and like we just feel like we're hitting our heads against the wall mm-hmm. and we want to empower you. Yeah, and also oh, we'll say this and then we need to get started. But, yeah. Um, we also just want to call like people who feel like they're normal, but they are desiring more to live, live out this lifestyle and understand what it, this lifestyle is, yes. what that even looks like, that it's not spooky. It's not weird. But, um, I just, the Lord is doing something yeah, like sure cross, is. um, um, denominationally. Oh yeah. And we're just hearing of all these like revivals breaking out in Baptist churches and in with, um, reformed people and just the lord yeah. is doing something it's beautiful to watch we we had a meeting with some guys and they were talking about like the prophet of their house and this and that and we left and tyler's like they're southern baptist and i was like no they're not he's like no they are <laughs> and i'm like oh my goodness and like it for me it was just so beautiful like people don't care about a label anymore no. they just want genuine true yes a genuine true move of the spirit. Yeah. They want the Lord. So these they, don't even have to be charismatics you're thinking yeah. about. Like share this with anybody who is passionate about the Lord. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, we, no, we were in prayer Wednesday night and mm. it just started. Um, we have a prayer room at our church and it just yes. moved towards praying among, about unity in unity, the church. Yes. And I was just thinking about John 17 and how Jesus prayed mm. that we would be one. It, it was his like desire for, yeah. for the bride to be his one. His prayer. And um, the... We were talking, we were praying about that, and I was thinking about the return of the Lord. And the Lord said, I cannot return mm. until my bride is one. I cannot. Well. He won't. And but what I what I see is that he is doing something amongst yeah. the bride, and it's so exciting. Sometimes we hear about like the return of the Lord or mm. or end times, and it's scary, but I'm excited because yeah. he's doing something beautiful in the church. So. Yeah. Yeah. But Proverbs, that's yep. but that's why we're here. We're here. We want to bridge yes. the gap. We want yes. we want to um, ignite the fire that is in people's hearts yes. that they don't know is there or that was there that has kind of yes. faded away. So please, please share, text this like to somebody who is passionately pursuing the Lord because we want to like reach those people. Um, text them out of your church, all that sort of stuff. Share it on Facebook. Say, hey, like, I think this is for you because we, we we eventually want to, like, build a community, a, a, a company of people where we can, you know, have interactions. We want to actually be talking to you mm-hmm. and meeting with you. So that's kind of our end goal, and we're just, this is just kind of the starting of everything. So yeah. anyways, yeah. let's go. last week, we um, – so we kind of started this conversation on um, – the whole premise is, like, people – who are Christians, but they are not living passionately pursuing the Lord. Like they're not uh, living. I mean, we're we're gonna use the word revival lifestyle, but revival really just means like it means life. To come alive. Yeah, to come alive. And so, like, you don't have to think of it like a revival service that lasts like five nights at your church or whatever. It's really just like pursuing God with 
all of your heart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean like quitting your job. It could mean a lot of different things, but just pursuing God with all of your heart. And I honestly believe we don't have to explain that too much. I think every single Christian knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, the Lord had planted on our hearts that before we even kind of talk about why people don't pursue revival or why this or why that, to clarify, and he said, he, this is what he told me. He said, I don't think, he said, a lot of people don't even know what they were saved from, saved into, or even saved unto. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to spend some time, some weeks, mm-hmm. talking about the old man, talking about your fallen natures. We did last week, how you were dead. You were literally dead in sin. Like you were like a zombie we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we ended with talking about how um, Ephesians says that we are his inheritance mm. and that that means that he he yeah. bought us. He yes. paid for us. We're his inheritance. Yes. Like we are his. And so <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> no, it came out hot, and then I'm like, no, um, that we are his, and so that this thing is is costly. Yes, it was costly. Yeah, and so we just want to like we're gonna spend some weeks talking about essentially the basics of the Christian life, your salvation, because if we don't actually understand, I'm 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 preaching with Pastor Gio this this upcoming tomorrow. Sunday tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tomorrow. It's Saturday. And one of the things we were talking about, we're talking about being hungry for the Lord. And I said, hunger always follows revelation. Um, and so you have Peter and John, these disciples on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is transfigured. They have a new revelation of who he is. And immediately there's a response. Like they're like, let's build some dents. Like this is like whatever. They fall down on their knees. It's a response due to the revelation. In Revelation, we see, like in the book of Revelation, we see the Lord coming back on a white horse. His name is faithful and true, a sword coming out of his mouth, all this stuff. And what do we see? Every knee shall bow, every tongue will sh- shall confess. People saw him correctly, and then the response just naturally followed. He said, I think what's happening, the Lord said, he, didn't, he doesn't think, he knows. He says, what's happening is people have forgotten the real revelation of who they were. Every single new Christian who was born, like a new believer, is one of the most on fire people you have in your church. Why? It's because they have an innate um, um, revelation. Like their sin nature is very real. Their depravity is real to them because it was just three days ago. And they were like, oh my goodness, I was so broken. I was so sinful. I was so disgustingly dirty. But his goodness is also so real to them because yeah. it was like, he is like real. That's why you just see people weeping when they become saved in the altars. And they're like the most passionate evangelists. It's because it's real. But something happens over that over years and decades where it just becomes not real. It just it like it becomes like you were a shiny cup, and it starts to dull. Mm-hmm. And so, like we want to take you back to the shininess. Yeah. I love <laughs> take I you love back that to the beginning where it was that, real. Um, his goodness is real to them, mm. and that's actually something I journaled and prayed this morning because I opened up to. Psalm 31, and he, it says, Oh, oh, how great is your goodness, yeah. which, you've, you, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which mm. you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Mm. I'm like, Lord, sometimes I don't have a reality of your goodness. Mm. And I think that just having that in the forefront of your mind, the depravity that you were in, yeah. not like that you walk around all the time thinking that you're just lowly and a worm and you're whatever. Mm. I, I think that, you know, it's, 
we talked about it last week. His the scripture says, "Oh, how precious are his thoughts about mm, you." Yes. So we want to have his thoughts for us, but also Correct. having that. There's something about creating an altar of remembrance. Yes. There's something about saying, "I remember." And in that, you you realize his goodness. Remember, <laughs> but it says that his goodness Lion was King. laid up for those who fear him. It was prepared. His yes. goodness was prepared for yes. us. Like he is good. It's his nature. It's who he is. And because yeah. we, we fear him and trust in yeah. him, he has prepared goodness yeah. for us. Yeah, there's a saying um, that we love. We say we never we never visit the past without the Lord. Mm-hmm. We never go back to our old man without the Lord standing next to us. And one of the things I think that does, talking about that, like you should never, when you think about your depravity and your sinfulness before the Lord, it should never make you feel, make you feel guilty or lowly or like less than. It should always provoke you to be like, wow, he is so good. Mm-hmm. Wow, like yeah. he is amazing. It should never make you feel bad about yourself or like, oh, I don't deserve it. It should, never, like, it should always be... Wow, he's am- like he did that with me. Amazing. I think the other danger of that too is if you try if you do it without really being like thankful, sometimes you can glory in that person that you were before. Mm. And kind of oh, like for sure. have like reminiscent or um what's it called? Euphoric recall or that yeah. kind of stuff where you're like you kind of like, "Oh, and I that's that's something that I've walked through that mm. the Lord is like you need to be careful that when you when you um remember what I've done for you, that yeah. you remember that what I have done for you. Right. Yeah. And so I think kind of where we want to pick up today is um, we talked about the old man, your sinful nature, and we talked about, can we, we landed the plane with the light of his face shining on your heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Like, I love this picture of you're this person on a life raft or those little like life rings things out in the middle of the vast ocean, just super deep sharks all around and it's pitch black and you're scared and the waves are really like jostling you around. You're, you're or, completely alone. Huh? Or you're laying on a door in the middle. <laughs> oh, okay. No, <laughs> not, not that terrible, <laughs> but you're out there just alone and like, just imagine what that would feel like. And then all of a sudden in the pitch blackness, mm-hmm. like this boat appears and it's shining a light. And a man calls out to you and says, grab my hand. <laughs> like, that's what your, your reality was. Like, that you were alone, destined to, to die and getting eaten by sharks. And someone says, quick, grab my hand. No one in their right mind would think, oh, you did a right, you were ju- you did a, a, a righteous thing by grabbing his hands. Like, you did the only correct thing. You couldn't see the light shines on you and a hand appears and says, come up. Come on. That's what happened to you at the moment of your salvation. The Lord said, hey, here's a better way. He opened your eyes to see what was going on. That's a super simplified version. But like we want to talk today. Oh, I'm so excited about this, about his provision Mm -hmm. to do that, how he even was able to do that. And so we want to hit on a couple things. I want to lay this out so it keeps us honest. We want to hit on the significance of the blood of the Lord, of the blood of Jesus. Like we're going to tie it back in. I can see already Tiffany looking through Leviticus. We're going to go back there and tie it into Leviticus because the Bible says he was crucified before the foundation of the world. So like Jesus always was crucified. This is what I believe. He always, he had always, it was always in the father's heart to lay the son down. Just was. Um, And so 
if that's true, he says the scriptures they speak of me. That means he is woven throughout the Old mm-hmm. Testament. His story of redemption. Look at, I mean, think about it. Abraham, the ram in the thicket, um, Leviticus, all these things. Like it's it's there. Joseph being put in a pit, coming out, mm-hmm. exalted above his brothers. That's Jesus, okay? Yeah. And being Le- the salvation for the nation. Leviticus is tough. Like I'm not gonna lie. It's it's you can find yourself getting distracted really quickly. Mm while reading through it and you can also find yourself kind of like thinking about something while you're reading it have you ever done that where you're like reading <laughs> oh, every day <laughs> but you're like yeah every day having like completely different thoughts at the mm-hmm. same time because it's tough it is it's dense it's it's, and it's tough and also when you read it you think well that's impossible mm. when you read the laws and the oh, rituals yeah. and the and the all the do not do's and it's like that's impossible. Mm. And the Lord is like, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. Mm. It's impossible. That's why Jesus came mm. and fulfilled all of this. Yeah. I love like I, I'm reading where it's like, if you touch a leprous person, mm. um, you're unclean. Wow. And then you see New Testament. Yes. A leper comes on, comes along and Jesus touches him. And it's like mm. he has he has fulfilled every aspect of the law. Yes. It's amazing. So I encourage you, even though it's a tough read. Read it because when yes. you see what without Jesus you, they had to do, yeah, you just so appreciate yes. even more him coming and fulfilling that mm. thing because it's impossible. It's so impossible. Can you imagine living with the weight of that? Like, hey, if you have a sore on you, if you're women, if you're on your period, like yeah. all these things that just made you unclean. And then mm. you had to perform certain things in order to become clean again. Like, mm. thank Jesus that he came and yeah. and fulfilled that. So we want to hit on the significance of the blood and um and we're going to I mean we're we're not going we're going to kind of take a birds eye view here. We can't go super deep and this is not the intent of this. This is to open your eyes into what you were saved into right now. Mm-hmm. This is what we're into cuz I think next week we're going we're going to hopefully get into the new man, maybe with our guests, what you were saved unto. Um what you were destined to live in. Um but right now we want to talk about um what you were saved into uh and so like i want to talk about his blood i would love to talk about his baptism being baptized into christ what that means what that looks like in the spiritual realm and then also i do want to hit on this because i think it's really important i want to talk about the incarnation of Mm -hmm. christ like we breeze over that around christmas time this little baby being born to mary and stuff like that is if you think about it like i don't want to get into it right now because i want to i want to save it for the end i want to kind of maybe land here if we can like the God of the universe mm-hmm. who literally spoke stars into existence, put all of his power, his nature himself into one of his own creations, into a baby. And like, oh, it's just incredible. And so like, I want to land that. And then that, that being that he, that he was, was on a cross and died in his blood. Like, oh, okay. So maybe we'll do two episodes on the week of Passover. Maybe so. Because I would love to revisit some of this on Passover. Oh yeah. The significance. Um, One of the things that happened to us last year during COVID, we just were like starving for community and church and stuff because we obviously were Mm -hmm. at home. And so we, we just started really getting, um, interested in yes. our, our Jewish roots as believers. Mm-hmm. And we the, the scripture says we're grafted in, okay? So yep. let's just start there. We're grafted in. and um, Doesn't mean you're Jewish, but just means that you... It means that, that, you... that you have that inheritance. And yep. um, we I attended a church when I was in Jacksonville um, in, my, in my teens, early 20s. 
on the that the pastor there has just had this beautiful encounter with the Lord during Passover. And so he had this series of videos on it and then um, some teaching and all this stuff about Passover. And so we started to watch it last year and we were just, we would weep. Mm. We would weep watching it because we're like, oh my gosh. So Passover for us, like when we talk about it or read it, we're actually going to celebrate it with our leaders this year. Um, it just really makes this more real when you, when you understand Passover. Mm. And so I would love to kind of dive into that. Mm. But before we start talking about um, the blood, I just want to read in Leviticus 17. There's three different times that it says this. Mm. And so I think we should start here and then mm. you can kind of yeah. go. Um, this is for the life of the flesh yes. is in the blood. Yes, I was hoping you read that. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. And then it says it again. That was in um, Leviticus 17, 11. It says it again in 17, 14. For it is the life of all flesh. Its blood sustains its life. And then again, um, a little bit down in 14, it says the life of all flesh is blood. Mm. And then in my, I have this little thing. It says kingdom dynamics, no blood, no atonement. Um, it says the blood... This is the clearest statement of the necessity of blood as it relates to sacrificial offerings. The life is in the blood. Mm. Life and blood were given upon the altar for the specific purpose of making atonement or attaining reconciliation with God. Apart from the shedding of blood or giving a life, there was no atonement. Come on. This established ordinances and reaffirmed in the new, king, in the new covenant. Without the blood, mm. without the blood, there is no atonement. Mm. I can't even. <laughs> I'm such a crybaby, but I think like to understand like why the blood, you have to go back to Genesis three and like so, sin enters the world and we know, like God establishes this law before we even like are born before He even creates like because He I think He is the law like He is, it always was Him, of uh, the wages of sin is death and so like sin just produces death. Adam and Eve fall and they sin. So God's like, okay, the wages of sin is death. Something has to die. And we see this first sacrifice. I mean, Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. Let's go there. Um, can you find um, where they fall? And he closed them. I think it's Genesis 3. And so um, let's just go there. If you're, if you're there. Um, and so... Three, the temptation and fall of man. Yeah. Um, where he takes, uh, where he takes um, the 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 lamb or the 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 the, and he puts it around them. I'm not gonna try to waste time here, but uh, if you find it, let me know. Um, Adam and Eve sin. They fall and they become aware of their nakedness and they take fig leaves. <sighs> yeah, it's in um, it's in twenty three twenty. Three twenty. Okay, let's just go there real quick. And Adam and Eve caused his wife because she was the mother of all living for Adam when his wife was the Lord. Okay, my Bible is all ripped up because Madeline ripped this page. Uh, God, um, and so they had taken leaves, fig leaves, and wrapped them around themselves so that they would cover their cover their nakedness because sin had made them aware and, and had a bad self-image of themselves. Like they were dirty and ugly and naked and ashamed because sin brings shame. It brings death. And then this first image, the first, I think one of the first moments that we see the sacrifice of the Lord 
God says, you're, that isn't, that's not going to do. Your own efforts to clothe yourself and to hide your nakedness is not going to work. And I think this is what he's about to do in this moment. He is foreshadowing, I just know it, what he's going to do on a, on a hill called Golgotha like later on. He says, you can't cover. I'm the only one who can cover you. Mm. So let me take, I believe, you know what? I believe, I believe this was a lamb. Well, you didn't read it. So it says, go ahead, go ahead. It says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and yeah. clothed them. He took skin of an animal. Yes. And clothed them. I believe this is, this is just my personal belief. I believe he took the skin of a lamb and he took it. And I think it probably still had blood on it and he wrapped it around them. And so that they were probably covered in blood. And they were literally covered in the sacrifice of the Lord, that the Lord killed something and provided it to be a covering for them. And this is one of the first moments that we see Jesus in the Old Testament is like this skin offering, covering Adam and Eve because something had to die. Something had to die in order to cover the sin that they committed. And so we see this theme now all throughout the Old Testament of like sin producing death and then death having to be there in order to atone to pay for sin mm -hmm. and so I mean like I mean, later on in in Exodus um, this is another where we see the Lord Moses is leading his people out of Egypt and you know you know the story in the last of the nine plagues um is the death angel going to come for the firstborn? Come on. And he's, the Lord tells Moses, he says, take a lamb, a pure and spotless lamb from each family. And without blemish, without sin, without like uh, 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 disformity, take it, sacrifice it, and then take some of the blood with a hyssop branch and mark it over your door to the, to the post of your entrance. And he says, when the death angel comes, he will come to your door and he will try to enter. But when he sees the blood of the pure and spotless lamb, he will know that you are a child of the king, a child of God, and he will pass over your house and you will not be given unto death. Why? Because the death of the lamb covered your sin. Like this is all throughout the Old Testament. He's per, he's foreshadowing what he's going to do. And then we get to Leviticus. I want to just read this. I know you got Luke pulled up. I want to read this. Um, and for some of you, maybe this is a fire hydrant today, but like you need to understand that the Lord always knew his son would get on a cross. He always knew that he would be opened for your transgressions. Okay. And so I think as a mom. Oh, like, yeah. To, to look at my baby boy and, and to know how much I love him and to know that the father loved the son so even much more. more. Yeah. But he also loves us even more than I can comprehend loving yeah. my children. But to think of a father saying, you know what? I love you yes. more than anything, but this is what I have for you. And knowing that it would rip the father's heart out. Wow. Yet still saying this has to be done so that we may be one. Like I could never imagine giving my baby boy. Wow. Okay, this, we are a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, so Leviticus, you think about it, is just like a handbook for the priests. 
it's like a, a priestly handbook, like what they were supposed to do, and even for the children of Israel. But chapter one, the burnt offering, it says, uh, this is going to be an offering for the atonement of, 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 of sin. He says, an offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd. Let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will. Of his own free will that like the father would lay down, the shepherd would lay down an offering of his own free will. It would not be ripped. That The Lord, as what I see, the father laid down the son of his own free will. He chose to do it. Um, in the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering. And that shall be accepted... It shall be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. And so, like, we see this, that Jesus, like, his, we laid our hands on him. I think about even just the priests, the night they arrested him, they, they struck him on the face. And they, they struck him. And I remember this, 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 this quote that they said. He said, I think it's when they're asking um, for Barabbas or Jesus. He says, crucify him and let his blood be on us and our children. And it's like they didn't even know what they were saying. It's let his blood be on us and our children. And so he says, he shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priest. The Lord Jesus was crucified before the high priest. He was crucified before Caiaphas and all of his little minions that that worked in the, the Pharisaical. His minions. his minions. Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And then it says this in the next verse, and I'll let you go. He says, in his skin, in the skin of the burnt offering shall be cut into pieces. The Bible says that they took his clothes and they divided them and cast them for lots. That literally his skin, the skin of him was like torn. And it, obviously his his natural skin was ripped open by the cat of nine tails, but even his clothes were torn and torn into pieces. Like this thing is all throughout the Old Testament. The Lord is trying to say, like this is going to be my son one day. He is going to be crucified, lay down his life for you, that his blood will be on you and your children. You got something? I don't know. No, I'm just, I was reading in Mark, Luke, and John, mm. where Jesus just said that this is my blood poured out for many for yes. the remission of sins. But then in the garden, when he's praying, he's like, Lord, your will be done. Your will yes. be done. And it's exactly what you said. The Lord willingly, he willingly said, this yeah. is what I'm going to give my son for. Yeah. And Jesus knew the agony and the pain and the the burden of taking on our yeah. sins. Yes. And I, I really believe because we know that sin separates. That's why in, in Genesis it says that um, when you sin, you die. Because there is that separation mm. where you're not fully one anymore. That's why we had to have the Holy Spirit so that we could be one with the Father yes. again. But I, I really believe that that was like when the Lord took on our sins. Mm. That was where he felt the separation from yes. the Father. Yeah. When he felt exactly what we feel in sin. Yes. Yeah. And he knew like this is going to be a heavy burden. And I he's, he was sweating blood. Okay. Like he, he knew it was a heavy cost. Yes. But he loved the Father so much. And he loved us so much that he said, Father, whatever you will, yeah, I freely will lay my life down. Yeah, Hebrews is just rich for 
for theological content about the sacrifice of Jesus. And there's just so much like, I know Hebrews 10 talks about, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. But we see even in Hebrews 9, it says this, um, Hebrews 9, and I am in uh, 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats in the ashes of the heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the eternal blood of Jesus Christ, who the who through the eternal spirit before I get there. Offered, um, offered himself up without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works, for the, to serve the living God. And for the, I'm going to keep going. And for this reason, <laughs> he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who called are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. The Lord always knew that the sacrifice of bulls and goats wasn't the answer. It was just pointing to, number one, that like we are dead in sin and we need redemption. We need atonement. We need help. But also this foreshadowing of like him. He is like, it's, it's this right here. It's Abraham taking his son up onto the mountain and he lays him on the altar. And like he's about, I mean, I don't know. This may hit just different for parents. And he raises the knife. And Isaac's like, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And he's like, son, God will provide one. And Abraham, in just this act of obedience, raises the knife and he's about to kill Isaac. And then the angel of the Lord appears on his on the downstroke and he says, Abraham, what are you doing? And he says, the Lord has provided a sacrifice. And he says, behold, he looked over and there was a ram caught in a thicket. And it's like, there it is. Like, this is the Lord caught in the thicket caught with like his flesh being torn already thorns and, wow. his, his head basically and like the lord provided a sacrifice like that that picture if you can just catch it is like you or isaac on the altar abraham's the father and he has to kill you because that's just the law and it's like wait there's another way Jesus, the Lamb of God, like the ram, is caught in the thicket and he offered himself up. If you know this, like rams don't get caught in thickets. <laughs> like they just don't. And so that ram was placed there by the Father. And so like we have to understand what is happening. And so it's just different. <laughs> it's just different when you think about like people going through their day-to-day -day lives as a Christian and it's just mundane and whatever. <sighs> you are, I want to talk about this, like the baptism of Christ. When you were saved, it says you were baptized into his mm. death mm. and you were raised into his resurrection. Like I think about this, this church, we talked about it last week, I think in, in Long Hollow, Tennessee, um, Robbie Gallaty, like they're getting this revival where just baptisms every week. Baptism, baptism. He said one of the greatest signs of the gospel message is baptism. I just so agree. Like death, uh, uh, baptizing to death, raised in a new life. And if you were to understand, I, I taught our students a long time ago at our last church. I said, when you were saved, it says you were baptized into his death and you were raised into newness of life. 
I picture this like a, a baptism pool, like, you know, one of those old school ones at the churches, like where it's, you know, a rectangle and it goes down and whatever. And so I picture it, though, the pool being filled with, think about the maybe the blood of Christ or just Christ himself. Like he is, all of who he is, is in that pool. And you sitting there standing up as a dead man and the father leans you back gently and plunges you into who he is into Christ. And not only like just the water of baptism, because um, it says baptism does not only uh, uh, cleanse the dirt and the, fl- and, and, and the grime from the flesh, the Bible says, but it cleanses who you are as a person. And so it's like you are baptized into him and then Christ then covers not only the outside of your skin, but he covers everything inside of you. Not just your flesh, but your spirit, your soul, your mind. He covers your past. He covers your present. He covers your future. He literally infiltrates and just like envelops who you are literally as a person. And honestly, how I view it is when you come up, you are covered in the blood of Jesus. And so like somebody who is just dripping with red blood all over themselves. And so when the Father now looks at you, He doesn't see you as a sinner as before. He sees you through the lens of the blood of His Son. And like they prophesied when they were asking for Jesus to be crucified, let His blood be on us and our children. And so, like, this is what it is. And so for so many people, they're walking around every day and they're not understanding this reality. They're not living like I'm covered in the blood of Christ and it should look like something. It demands something. The blood cries out from the ground. It demands something. You got something? I can keep going until you're ready. Like, and so I I think it's important for us to remind ourselves, you knew this when you were saved. You knew this when you first came to the Lord. Like you had an innate awareness of your brokenness. But now like maybe I hear a lot of people describe it like this. A weight was lifted off my shoulders. I just feel like light and new again. I think we were talking to that guy, one of our old students. He said like, I just felt like I could breathe like a newness of life. Like that's what it is. And I want to call you back to that moment. You need to remember, you may not feel like it. Maybe the the weight and the cares of this life have weighed you down. But I want to call you back. Like this is your reality, whether you know it or not. You are born again into newness of life. You have the blood of Christ dripping down your spirit, man, right now. You have something? I just wanted to give biblical context when you're talking about being clothed with Jesus in baptism. Galatians three twenty um, three twenty six for you for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ wow so what you're you saying put on him when when we yes. come to him and we're not saying that if you're not baptized you're not going to heaven I do not believe that but I believe that it is a beautiful beautiful prophetic picture wow. something. Very beautiful happens in the natural and spirit when we're baptized, and we can do a whole nother teaching on that. But what happens when we are baptized wow. with Christ, when we die to our old person yes. and become the new person, yes. is that new person puts on Christ. Oh, wow. We put on Christ. That's why we're so adamant when we're like, okay, when you get saved, it looks like something. Yes. And we can 
I, I love grace. I'm thankful for grace because if there were no grace in my life, oh, like, wow, you know, I was a hot mess. And, and then we would still be over here in the law. But I also know that if you put on Christ, you look like Christ. Yeah. You look like Christ. There's no other, there's no, no other option. Yes. When you're baptized into him and you die to that old person and you get up new with Christ on you, mm. it has to look like something. Wow. Are you living aware of that? Like in your day-to-day life, are you living aware that you are baptized? I'm going to read some scriptures. I'm just going to like cannonball them. Romans 6. Or do you not know that all of us have been baptized? This is what Paul is saying. He says, are you living aware? Do you, Are you aware of this? Or do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ? Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. You are dead to sin. You are dead to your old nature. What Tiffany is hinting at is so many Christians are are living their life and I believe are wanting to live their life because like, they believed a lie that my life looks the same as it did before it's Jesus. Like they're walking around in grave clothes. Yes. Like they're still wrapped up in their grave clothes. You want to live your life the same as it was before Jesus and just now you get to go to heaven at the end. Like that's not your destiny. It's not the that's purpose not what you've that been he died saved. for. Like are you living worthy of his blood? You can we can never live worthy, but like are you living conscious of his mm-hmm. blood? Are you, are you, I I do want to speak on that really quick because I know that somebody might get confused and say whatever, but I want to encourage you to read in Colossians where he talks about living worthy of the gospel of Jesus, living a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus. This is not works. Mm. This is, this is Bible that when you die, when you're baptized and then you become new, there is a life worthy of that. Yes. Yeah. And like, and here's the difference. There is, there is no work you can do. Mm-mm. to be worthy of it, the only thing you can do is lay down your life. Yeah. And so to be honest, like if you're like, well, what are you talking about? You're talking about works. No, we're talking about, are you living a life laid down? Or have you surrendered everything in your power and are constantly surrendering more and more and more? And if honestly, I'm just being completely transparent with you. The problem with the American church is we have not surrendered hardly anything. We've surrendered nothing. We've accepted a Jesus who can save us from our momentary afflictions. But like... He's a self-help book. (laughs) Yes. We are the rocky ground. And the the plant springs up really quick. It It shows the appearance of depth and fruit. But really, we have not let him penetrate the deep soil. We have not let him penetrate the deep things of our heart because of our pride, our arrogance, our selfishness. It's like you need to be broken. And some of us, honestly, you never were saved. In all humility, some of us, and Jesus says this, he says, there will be those who come to me mm-hmm. and I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, but I, but Jesus, I called you and then I never knew you. He says, I'm going to let the wheat grow with the chaff. They're going to grow in the same area, the same, the posture. They're going to look similar. Wheat and chaff look very similar or, or wheat, wheat and tares. Um, but the difference is when the wind comes, the chaff mm-hmm. blows in the tares really quickly, but the wheat it has to be taken to the winnowing fl- to the threshing floor it has to be beaten and broken cuz it's hard and it's been it's 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 sturdy and so what i'm saying is are you really surrendered mm-hmm. are you living aware or are you like man i really don't think this is what the lord showed me a long time ago and i want to hit on some other things and we're going to close religion is a beautiful mistress. substitute for true relationship it's a mistress it has it has deceived 
millions well, you see, in, you, in, the, in the world. Jesus says, like, you just referenced it. You're going to uh, come and you're going to say, hey, I did all this stuff. And he's going to say, sorry, I didn't know you. Yeah. There was no repentance and relationship. And we yeah. know that because it says that the gifts, the callings are without repentance. Yeah. That means those gifts, because of God's goodness and mm. his grace and for his glory and his name being um, proclaimed. Yes. Those gifts will still be, be yes. in you. Yeah. And can still be operated, yeah. maybe not in the right spirit, but he's still gonna get the glory yeah. for it. Yeah. And you can still go stand before him yeah. and he's gonna go. Yeah. People, there was no repentance. Yeah. There was no turning from your life and living a life worthy of the gospel. Mm. Again, I sh we shouldn't have to reiterate, but we're not talking about works. We're talking about a recognition of your depravity and then being washed in his blood and then getting up and being clothed mm. with him. Yeah, I just. It's, it's falling in love. It's a love story. Right? I, re I remember um, this story. Uh, we, were, we were meeting with uh, Dr. Brown. He came to our church recently. And was a, we were just a beautiful moment to be able to minister. And uh, Dr. Brown was able to be friends with Leonard Ravenhill in, the, in some of the last, I know it's warm, in some of the last years of his life. And we were asking him just, hey, what was that like being friends with Leonard Ravenhill? If you don't know who Leonard Ravenhill is, read his book. Like one of the greatest revivalists. One of his books. Of, of yeah, his yeah, books. yeah. Of, of this last century. Read Why Revival Terries. Um, of the 20th century, he is probably the greatest revivalist we've had. Like just incredible. Um, he died in the 80s or whatever. And so Dr. Brown, just this amazing series of events got connected with him and Leonard's like, Hey, would you be my friend in these last years of my life? And so he spent a lot of time with him and he said that Leonard would go, um, they would be talking him and, um, Dr. Brown and Leonard would be talking and every single day, uh, Ravenhill would go off and pray by himself and it would be in the middle of a conversation. He said, and he would just get up and say, okay, I gotta go. And he would go into his other room and pray for an hour or so. And then he would come back and he said, in his later years, and he and we were sitting at a restaurant, and Dr. Brown started to cry when he said this, and we all started to weep because it mm -hmm. just gripped him. He said in his later years, he so often, Dr. Ravenhill would come out of his prayer closet weeping, hysterically crying, saying, we're naked. The church is naked. The church is naked. And that was like in the 70s and 80s, and how much more right now, like, is the church naked? Yeah. How much are we naked? And like, I want you to get a burden for this. Revivalists, those of you out there, I want you to get a burden for this. Do not let your heart grow cold and grow bitter to those in your church who have turned their back on the Lord. Like, don't let that happen because the enemy is going to try to divide you. Like, get a burden. Get a burden for them. Cry out for them in the secret place. And for those of you who are living a lazy, lackadaisical, just like, Mamby Pamby Christianity, get a burden like of what you were saved into. He shed his blood for you. Are you living worthy of that? Like, are you living worthy of that? He said, I wish that you were either hot or cold. Be good for something. The cold water of Laodicea would bring refreshing and the warm, hot water of Laodicea would have brought um, healing. But the lukewarm water was literally good for nothing. And he said, I wish you were just doing something. Mm. 
And he like, but because you are not, I'm going to spit you out. Like, are you living worthy? Are you doing something with your life? Or has the enemy fed you lies? Are you living deceived in your life? Are you like disabled from the calling? And I just want to like land for the next five minutes. If you have anything to say, um, I want you to say it. But I want to talk about really quick. The Lord told me to talk about the incarnation of Jesus. And like just even that, what that meant for him to come and to die. But you have anything before we go there? Mm-mm, no. Okay, so... Like I said, we talk about this um, a lot, you know, at Christmas or whatever, this little baby Jesus and all this sort of stuff. But recently I was listening to Corey Russell and Billy Humphreys. They have this podcast called Grit where they talk about just the Lord and they talk about this sort of stuff. It's so good. Oh my goodness. You have to listen to it. He was talking about the reality of the incarnation of Christ. I can't. I can't. If you if you know, you know. <laughs> What? Corey Russell. Oh, his yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he makes some crazy faces and stuff. Yeah. Um mm. but he was just talking about the incarnation of of Christ and uh that like just think about this. The the God of the universe who is just I wrote this in my journal the other day and I said, Lord forgive me. Because I, I like to be, I like to think of myself as an intellectual. I like to think a lot. I like to be critical about things and, and learn stuff. And so I like to, me and this other guy, Covington, at our church, we love talking about theology and and the nature of God and how he is outside of time. And he is like, time is this timeline and he's way over here. And he spoke, and it's just like getting into the metaphysics of God, just all that crazy stuff that make, breaks your mind, how he's from everlasting. He's alpha and omega. He's never was. And and sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, I can be prideful and think, okay, I think I got it figured out. Like he's outside of time and so he can look and stuff. And the Lord, I was journaling and I just started to, to pin this on paper. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me to ever thinking that I ever really truly understand your nature. Like even when I think I got it figured out, the Lord spoke to me. He says, you don't, ha- you don't even have this. You're not even scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. You don't even have the the tiniest blink of reality of who I really am, where the angels every second of every day for since he created them billions of years ago have been crying, holy, 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 that they just can't even look on him because he's too magnificent. That God, like that humongous thing of like Corey Russell said this, and even this is just pales in comparison to who he really is. He says the power of a billion sons, like just explosive power was crammed into this tiny fleshly body. And that body did not explode. It did not rip apart. It did not like the God of the whole, the the one who said, Moses, you can't look upon me because you will die. That God put himself Mm. into a body Mm put himself into a woman and she birthed him and did not die, did not become like just shredded apart and immediately disintegrate because of his holiness. He was still just as holy when he was in the body of Jesus. Like how he did that, we'll never know. But like that God was birthed and he walked on the earth, not only in his own creation, but on his own creation. I love one of these verses. I think it's in So Will I. It says this in the song So Will I. It says, you were crucified on a hill that you created. I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about On a hill you created. Yeah. And he lived among us. He lived among his own creation. Do you think like, did he go, wow, 
like he's creating and then he's like that's the one i'm gonna die on like that's yes. the one I want. like wow what was in his mind he had to have like when he was speaking the world into creation into existence when when the golgotha was being formed and the tectonic plates were shifting and it pushed up like the the mound of earth there he said that's the one <sighs> when the tree from a sapling was being sprouting forth from the ground. He said, that's the tree that will be carved into a cross that I will die on. When the metals were being shaped in the heart of the earth and the iron was coming together through forging processes, he said, that's the nail that will go into my hand. The like, rock and the clay oh, wow. for his grave. You know, wow. like Jesus. Uh, so like, wow. He <laughs> lived among us and like... <laughs> I just want you to get a, a, a vision. Let me just pray really quick. Lord, just let the spirit of wisdom and revelation hit their hearts right now. That these would not be words that hit empty souls, but God, they would open their eyes. Yeah. Wow, that you like were born into your own creation. You walked among your own creation. And you were crucified by your own creation for your own creation. Lord, let us never forget the reality of that. Mm. That you, the God of like, the power of a billion uh, sons, were placed into a body. And that body was crucified on a cross. And you yielded up your spirit. Lord, let us not think that is common. Let us not think mm. that is just everyday stuff from an Easter message we've heard tens of, of hundreds of times. Lord, let it be real to us, Jesus. Let it break our hearts, Father. And I just pray, God, for those Christians out there who have allowed the lies of the enemy to, to infiltrate their hearts and they're living not worthy of the gospel, Lord, break down those walls in Jesus' name right now. Fellow brother, fellow sister, I call you back to your first love right now in Jesus' name. I call you back to your first love right now in Jesus' name. Like live, like Tiffany said, worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. Live worthy of his blood. Live worthy of his sacrifice. Like lay down your life in Jesus' name. You want to pray for them real quick? Yeah, Lord Jesus, that you would just grip your bride. Mm, Lord, that yes. we would be gripped by the reality of your goodness. <sighs> That we would be gripped by the reality of the blood. That we would be gripped by the reality of the cross, God. Yes, Jesus. The reality of Jesus and of our depravity, Lord. Yes, Lord. But that we are now new creations, God. Yeah. That we now have on Christ. And that this man whose eyes burn with fire... Yes. Is longing for us to stare into those eyes, to lock wow. eyes with him and to live a life worthy of him, to lay down our lives and say, yes, Jesus, at any cost. Yes, yes. Jesus, no matter what it looks like, Yes. but it will look like something. Mm. Yeah. We, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as we talk about you and show up, Lord, I thank you that your presence yes. is so very real. Yes. And it's so sweet. And Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity to love you well mm. and to invite people in, in Jesus' name. Yeah. I just want to, I want to leave this with one last thing. Just for something you'd be thinking about this week. 
We had this story of... Um, oh, it's heavy in here. <laughs> ooh, so good. Of uh, Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament, where he sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. And then we have in Revelation, it says this, it talks about, and I, I don't have time to, I don't want to pull it up right now because we're, we're short on time, but it talks about those in the end times giving up their crowns, mm. like letting their crowns be stolen from them. And I do believe that you can forfeit your salvation. I just do. I do. I believe you can say, you know what? I just don't want this anymore. The Lord is just like he is. He uh, he allows you free will to come to him. And we do not believe in the, in the, in the theology of election where like he chooses sums and damns others. We also believe in the free will to say, okay, you know what? I just don't want this anymore. And I think the Lord is gracious and I'm not going to like say that there's a, there's a certain amount of sins or whatever, but I do think that you can sell your birthright for a bowl of soup. And I just want to encourage you this week, just be praying, be thinking like, Lord, have I sold my birthright? Have I, has my crown been stolen? Have I allowed lies and cares and pride and sin to steal what you paid for? And if so, allow him to speak and just repent and come back to him. It's the story of the prodigal. He came back to what was already, what who already, who he already was. And so I just want to say, like this week, be praying, like Lord, am I living worthy of your blood? And have I sown my birthright for soup? And if so, like come back. Yeah. Wow. Just read um, Colossians. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I think that, I, I don't know, I always, when we start talking, I'm like, oh God, so-and-so is going to say this or so-and-so is going to say that. But when you back it up with the word of God and yes. you, you go search the scriptures yourself and you allow ho the Holy Spirit to um, reveal that to you, um, then there, there's really no like, <laughs> yeah, it is scriptural, it yeah. is there. Um, but we we have to go because it is hot in here. Oh yeah. And hey, share our, is gonna be share our stuff. Um, like like I said, I can't reiterate this enough. Like share this with people who need to hear it. Should we be like share this with other huh? Like and subscribe. Oh down gosh, below. please don't do that. But yeah, like and subscribe if you want. Um, but like just share this with people who need to hear it. Share this with other revivalists who you know are contending for revival in their church, um, and with people who maybe need to hear this message in particular. Maybe you. Like share and love and humility. We don't want anybody being shamed or guilty because the Father doesn't do that. So you shouldn't either. Mm -hmm. But just share this stuff. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. We're trying to make it more regular, but hey, we have kids and we have a full schedule. So once a week is our goal. <laughs> it may not be on the same day. We are going to be on vacation once a week. next week, so it may but not happen. We'll, we'll be out. We'll get it out next week sometime. But like, it may not happen on some particular day. But we love you guys. See you later. Go to church tomorrow. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>